Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Larry Kreider here with the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast. With me today, and I'm so excited about this, is my friend for many years, Brian Souter. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks for your welcome. Uh, it's great. You know, uh, we've known, I've known you for a long time, and we've been friends for many, many years. And I'm so excited about this because God gave you this revelation on finance that I think everybody needs to understand. And so we want to talk about the story behind the story, how that happened. And you got this amazing book, A Practical Path to a Prosperous Life, where you explain a lot of this in this book. It's chock full of insights on biblical finance and how God wants to help us and bless us and use our finance properly. And by the way, for all of our listeners, new listeners, welcome. They're now, I think, as of yesterday, I think 67 different nations represented people down there. Wow, amazing. Yeah, amazing, Brian. And uh, we're just trying to help people be better leaders. Learn these little things in leadership that make a massive difference in the future. So, Practical Path to a Prosperous Life on Amazon next five days. For those who are listening to this podcast, you can get that on Amazon free ebook. Mm-hmm. So, I want to make sure you know that, and it'll be on the show notes also. Let's get into the story, Brian, your story on finance. And I, again, I've known you a long time, and I've kind of watched God do this with you, give you all these insights that have helped multitudes of people on finance. How did this whole thing start? Well, it's actually been quite a journey, and uh, I was a young person who was a youth minister right. in Dove International, and right. discipling young people. You were the first youth pastor. I remember that well. I was back in the day, and just still love hanging out with youth and young adults, and just uh, just enjoy that camaraderie and that right, age right. group and, and so forth. And, and uh, so I was serving the Lord, I felt like, with all my heart, and... Uh, I, you know, I actually kind of, I've really felt like I really had a bit of a, a wrong understanding of finances. Right. I didn't realize it at the time. I was just kind of had a bit of a martyr mentality sure. that if I was going to serve the Lord, that meant I wasn't going to have money. And it was just right. the cost to pay of right. of under the Lordship of Jesus. And, and I really, um, you know, as a youth pastor or as a pastor in ministry, that's kind of my perspective. That's what I was expecting. And if pushed, I probably would have said even there was probably some pride uh, in there as well, that I felt like it was more spiritual to be poor, like my path of kind of poverty and, right. and not having enough, I should say it that way, because uh, I wouldn't say that I was in poverty compared to the world, you know, right. definition right. of poverty. But uh, not having enough was kind of like my cross to bear, and that's kind of how I saw it. And talk talk it to me more about that. I think a lot of people, that's what they really think. It, to be poor is more spiritual. Yeah, it was, um, I, maybe it was from because of teaching that I heard, and maybe it was because of uh, 
like uh, maybe sometimes I think we have like spiritual heroes in right. church history right. that uh, they, this, you know, George Mueller who had sure. just prayed this money in at the end of every day. They right. would sit down at dinner and, you know, pray and then a knock would come on the door and sure. there would be the food for their, their it was an orphanage, I believe, That's right? And, and, and so sometimes we get fixated on those heroes and with their style of uh, and their understanding of finances and it keeps us from a broader, more biblical understanding of of finances. And so I started to realize that the more I studied this and studied spiritual gifts, because right. I'm involved in leadership training, That's training right. leaders, I realized that there's a spiritual gift of voluntary poverty, right. where you live below your means or below normal means for the purpose of a mission or a specific outreach or focus in your life. And and so I realized, the more I studied, I realized that that was the exception to the rule, right. this gift of voluntary poverty. But God's pattern, was of abundance and blessing. And, uh, and and I meet Christians all the time, just like me, uh, many years ago, I, I would have loved to give more. And, you know, every time there was an offering, wow, I wish I had more money to give. Sure. Every time there was a missionary or, uh, you know, to give to our local teen center reaching you know, the lost youth, boy, I wish I could give more. Sure. I wish I could give more than $10. I wish I could give more than five. And, right. and uh, but I, it, it just hit me one day that, you can't give what you don't have. That's so true. <laughs> and you can wish all day that you had $100 to put in that offering right. or $1,000 to give to that building project, but you can't give what you don't have. And so that kind of is part of what just sure. lifted this whole thing in my spirit and the Holy Spirit just stirred and, and, and created in me a healthy sense of dissatisfaction for the, where our finances were. Right. And, and really a journey of discovery, which uh, is sometimes painful. Yeah. And the story is, uh, many stories in the book of that journey. And, I love the book. And, you know, read it cover to cover. And so let's talk more about that story. You know, uh, I know I've heard you teach probably a hundred times on the God we serve is a God who's more than enough. Now, what explain that? And this is important for leaders. There's a leadership podcast. We have to understand it takes money to do things in the kingdom, you know. So explain that reality. That really helped me personally, Brian. You've helped me personally in a lot of these areas. Uh, talk about that. Well, that's so good to hear. I, I know that if we don't have the finances that we need, it will inhibit, it will hinder our destiny right. and our calling. So right. it's not about accumulating a big pile of money. It's about fulfilling your destiny and having right. the resources that you need. And, and I like to use the analogy of money is a tool. That's an appropriate that's biblical good. perspective on finances. So if I was asking somebody to come and build a room onto my house and they showed up Monday morning to do that, an extra room, and and, and, and I said, oh yeah, get started, but you can't use any tools. <laughs> like they would just in disgust walk off of that job site and like, you're crazy. Like right. you have a signed contract that I'm not allowed to use tools. And, and uh, but then they would just be super frustrated. And I realized that God would not ask us to do a mission, the Great Commission, right. without giving us the tools to accomplish Beautiful. that. And and so that, you know, in that, you know, this was kind of the beginning of my my uh, journey was understanding that money is just a tool. It's not evil. It's not good. And right. In fact, it is good in the sense that it helps us fulfill what we're called to do. And it would be against God's nature to ask us to do something and yet frustrate us with not giving us the tools, tools to Excellent. do it. Excellent. Whoa. 
And that's, <laughs> that's helped me so much. And obviously, one of the names of God is El Shaddai, mm-hmm. which is the God who is more than enough. And when you explained that, I remember years ago, it was like light bulbs are off inside me. Like, oh, that makes sense. That's who God is. He's not just the God who gives me what I need, but the one who's more than enough, more than what I need. Yeah. Talk and, more about that. Oh, my word. Yeah, light bulbs went off in my mind, too, and in my spirit, I would yeah. say, too, because I had always prayed all of my Christian life as a pastor and as a leader, my God shall supply all of my right, needs. Right. You know, over there in Philippians, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, hallelujah, amen, and five angels and four candlesticks, amen. You right. know, but, <laughs> but uh, then that's exactly what happened. Our needs were met, but at the end of the month, there was like just nothing left over. Or at the end of the month, there was like 32 cents left over. I was praying and expecting God yeah. to meet my needs. And that's exactly what happened. And then I started to, to realize, I started to look at this. Some of these scriptures started to, to come alive to me in Genesis 14, where, where God said to Abram, you will, I will bless you and make you a blessing. And then over in Genesis 17, where we first see the Hebrew word El Shaddai, yeah. and, and where he's revealed to Abraham, Abram, and changes his name to Abraham as El Shaddai. Yeah. And, and that term, there's different ways to uh, define it, all bounty, all sustenance, and so sure, forth. Sure. And, uh, you know, the, there's all different scholars look at it differently, but the right. most simple and the most profound definition of El Shaddai is the God of more than enough. Wow. And when I heard that, it just was like light bulbs went in exactly. off inside of me, and that was like, oh yeah, enough <laughs> would be what I need to feed my kids, to pay the mortgage or rent or whatever it is for us to be able to uh, just have live a life. But then he wanted to be the God of more than enough. Right. El Shaddai would be the God who would have money, not 32 cents left over at the end of the month, but $32 and maybe $320. And I started to realize like, wait, there's two revelations of God yeah. in the area of finances. And there is the, the this Jehovah Jireh of him meeting my needs, sure, like sure. it happened with the ram in the bushes. Right. It was an instantaneous need. still does that need. too. Still yeah. does that. I still like that and want that. <laughs> sure. I always need uh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Right. But as what I found is the more I focused and started to understand this revelation of God as El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, that the less I needed that instant, that financial miracle and and that breakthrough. And um, so it really changed my, it just made so much sense to my spirit that he would want to have us with money left over to do the mission, to go on that mission trip, to, yeah, yeah, to go on. Yeah. I mean, I love, you know, we did hundreds, and I was in youth ministry, so right. we sold subs and pizzas and did work projects. I mean, we did all kinds of stuff to raise money and, and did it all. And yet, when I understood this, it started to change our personal finances. Didn't tell yeah. anybody. Yeah. I just changed my prayer from yeah. you will supply will, <laughs> all of my needs to God, will you show yourself to me as El Shaddai, Beautiful. the God of more than enough. Didn't write a, was didn't read it in a book. It was all just gelling up within me. In fact, that's why I put it in a book right. because I didn't see. and and uh, But our finances began to change. And then month right. by month. And then after a year of just this El Shaddai having just demonstrating in our practically in our budget of more than enough. I, I couldn't stay quiet anymore. I had to start telling people, I'm like, 
Geez, I'm 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 robbing people by not telling That's them about right. El Shaddai. They right. have other people have to know because right. I'm still meeting Christians that are like, yeah, oh my God, shall supply all my needs, and I'm like, yes, but <laughs> he yeah. wants to be more than enough yeah. and more than just your. And needs. you're not talking and, about some name and claiming theory. You're talking about understanding a God who has it all and has it all for us as we look to Him. And that's what I love about this book. The book is A Practical Path to a Prosperous Life, Brian Souter, A Guide to Experiencing Prosperity with a Purpose. I love that term, Prosperity with a Purpose, which is your first book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've incorporated all that into this amazing book, A Practical Path to a Prosperous Life. Pick that up on the Dev International Store, Amazon, wherever you, you buy books. And I want to say again, five days from right now, five days, free ebook, Amazon. Make sure you go on to Amazon, A Practical Path to a Prosperous Life. Yeah, free ebook is for you. For those who, you know, the only people who know about this are people from our podcast. So this is for you. So, Brian, we were talking offline about Temple University and the founder of Temple University. Well, my granddaughter goes to that school, so I oh, put wow. my interest in that. Yeah. And tell us the story behind the story. I never knew this till today. You know, tell, tell me the story behind the story. Tell us with Temple University and what. The founder learned about finance. Well, I have a, a chapter in the book called Acres of Diamonds. Yeah. And a hundred years ago, or actually I don't have the specific date, right. uh, there was this preacher by the name of Russell Cronwell. And he was famous in that day because he would travel all over the, at least the eastern part of the U.S. at that time. And he would preach this sermon and talk about this story, Acres of Diamonds. And uh-huh. I don't have time to go into the right. whole story, but it was kind of, a, it was the story was like a metaphor about this uh, individual and, and, and he had a property, but he thought that his fortune was out there somewhere. Okay. And so he went out and tried to find his fortune in this land or that land. And, and uh, he tried to go to another place and find find his fortune there. I say his fortune. I mean his success and favor and, you know, sustenance and blessing and so forth. It wasn't like a a fortune fortune, but finding his favor, his place to grow and prosper. And after trying all these places, this individual came back into his home, right to his home farm or area where he was from. And he was thirsty after all of his travels for weeks or however it was. It's put out there in, in, in Russell Cromwell's story. And, uh, and then he was just thirsty, so he went to his well in his backyard, and it was overgrown. And so he started to dig out his well again, yeah. and in his own backyard, he found diamonds. Like, <laughs> the diamond mine was in his backyard all the time, and he was out there traveling the United, you know, all these regions. It's kind of a metaphor. Sure. Trying to find his fortune out there when it was really back there. And wow. um, that was kind of one of the lessons that I learned because I uh, somebody, uh, a minister had encouraged me to pray this prayer, Holy Spirit, teach me to prosper. Oh. And out of that, I started to have the Holy Spirit kind of uh, teach me different things and, and identify like what I would call poverty thinking, poverty mm-hmm, thoughts in my mm-hmm, mind mm-hmm. and replace them with more biblical thinking. And, yes. and that was a process. And so hearing that story and hearing Beautiful. Russell Cromwell that was the this well-known preacher and the founder of Temple University, yeah. uh, and and the seminary was a seminary there in the beginning, and it got transferred into another uh, uh, university and so forth. Um, but that story helped me to see that it was really 
uh, it, it helped me eliminate kind of what I would call lottery thinking, that my blessing that. is out there somewhere. And one of the things that I learned uh, as that the, when after I prayed that prayer, Holy Spirit, teach me to prosper, was to identify thinking, which I call now lottery thinking. In yes. fact, I got that term from, uh, uh, I believe it came from Harold Eber one of Harold Eberly's books where uh, he has done a couple of books called Developing a Prosperous Soul, Volume 1 and Volume 2 by Harold Eberly. And um, I, th I think he coined that term of lottery thinking, thinking that someday my rich uncle is going to give me an inheritance. Someday I'm going to get an insurance settlement. Someday my ship is going to come in. That fixation on fantasy. Right. I there's different proverbs that talk about that. Yes. That fixation on this fantasy that someday might come will keep you from doing the changing the thing today that will actually make you more prosperous yeah. in in your personal finances and in your life and 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 so forth. And so um, that story by Russell Cronwell and that sermon Excellent. that he preached all over the United States at that time helped me to understand like that. Okay, I need to work with the gifts and the talents and what God's giving me. I need to change my thinking. It's not the government's fault. It's not the church's fault that I don't have enough. Right. It's not out there somewhere. And so I started to, I, these, this helped me because these same principles that I was learning, it, they can't just work, if they're biblical, they can't just That's work right. in North America. That's they have right. to work in Africa. They have to work in India. And so I've had the ability to now teach this to many of the Dove pastors and other right. pastors and different nations in Africa and India to help them to, to get this prosperity in their soul. So it's not to Dependent on the circumstances around them, I can teach these biblical principles to a single mom on a limited income because sure. it's a prosperous soul within her will right. help her to rise above right. her circumstances. And not just spiritual riches, it's great. We believe in peace and joy yes. and love. That's the spiritual riches, but also the natural riches. God is involved, wants to be involved in that's how he's a good God, and he right. doesn't want us just destitute, living from paycheck to paycheck. His nature is abundance, and uh, he's Excellent. a loving, abundant provider, and, and so forth. So good. Brian, let's get real practical now. Let's talk about things like net worth. You explained net worth to me many years ago, and it was so helpful. It was so simple, but I really hadn't been thinking like that. You know, I grew up as a pastor. Of course, you were an elder in the church years ago, youth pastor. You know, church grew to a couple thousand, became a movement of international, and you're part of that apostolic council for many years. You lead our training school. I mean, all that, all that stuff. And but I remember one on one one time we're talking, and you explained to me net worth. Explain net worth, and talk about practically somebody in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, say, where do I start? Talk to us about that. Sure, gotcha. I mean, I, I love this because this helped, again, me practically so much. As a, a young person, my wife and I, we had like maybe three uh, little children, young children at that time. And, uh, and, and as I had prayed that prayer, Holy Spirit, teach me to prosper. Uh, either I, I read or heard about this principle of net worth, and and I thought, well, that's something I, I never thought about that, you know. And at, at the end of the day, like if, you know, just to use this term, although it's not about a certain amount of money, I just want to say to use this term, you would know a person 
is a quote millionaire because they have a million dollar net worth. Okay. And so what that means literally is that all of the assets, all the things that they own have a certain value of, you know, let's not say a million, let's just say a hundred thousand dollars and all the things that they owe, they might owe a car payment, money on their car or money on their house, on their mortgage. Uh, and, and, and there might owe money they borrowed from parents or a friend. So the difference between that hundred thousand and let's say the 50,000 they owe is fifty thousand dollars which that is their net worth got it and so the thing about this is it seems silly like especially coming just from thinking of of a kind of a poverty thinking like oh it's so it seems fleshly and carnal and and like oh only people who are lustful and love money only they calculate their net worth and the lord said no i want you to do it and the the freeing thing about it was it does it changes your thinking and that's what i was after a prosperous soul my thinking my soul had to prosper and I'm like, okay, I'll be a willing participant in this, and and so I did it. I actually put, you know, here's what we here's how we have a house, and here's how much money we owe on it, and subtracted this off, and you know, we have like this insurance policy or whatnot, right, you right. know, and actually calculated my net worth. And what I found was it didn't really matter what the net worth was, but thinking in those terms stimulated me to make a plan. Right. To grow it right. and to increase the network. That's what happened to me. Yeah, so it changed. Really it changed yeah. my thinking. I wasn't thinking just about today, today's paycheck or feeding my family today. Now all of a sudden I'm thinking about oh. Like, I need to think in terms of a year from now. How can we grow this net worth a year from now? Maybe it's just a couple thousand dollars. Doesn't matter, a couple hundred dollars. And the, the, the freeing thing as I have now, probably for 10 or 15 years, maybe longer, been encouraging people to calculate their net worth. It doesn't matter if it's negative. Like I talk to young people and they have like $100,000 of student loans. It's a big mountain and they have like, you know, $10,000 or $12,000. So their network is a negative $80,000. I'm like, it it doesn't matter if it's negative because it changes your thinking. It makes, brings you to a place of like, oh, I have a negative net worth. Now, how is that going to change over time? First of all, to get that out of the red and into the black, but then to go beyond that so that you can have, well, you know, the term, and I teach this again in Africa, assets and liabilities. When we talk about cows and eggs and, you know, farms and chickens and, you know, and all these kind of different things that work in India or work in in Africa. And it's just been amazing to see people latch on to these simple things. and. And, you know, I mean, there's scriptures you can point to in Proverbs, you know, a man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. Right, well, that's certainly right. really possible with building net worth. And, right. you know, there's many, many scriptures we could go into. In, in Great. That vein. So net worth is a, is a key. Are there any other principles that you want to give our listeners today, say, just to get started? For some people, this is a new way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes I did, probably. And I think Christians struggle with, does God want me to advance? That's a good question. And, and I think that Christians, believers in God, have to be convinced that God wants them to yes. advance. And, and that he's, his kingdom is one of advancing. His, he wants us to grow and get better and like take the job, take a better pay. You know? <laughs> like I, sometimes I'm talking to Christians and they're like, well, I'm, I don't know if I should take this job or not. And I'll ask, well, does it pay more than one you're on? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, so much more an hour. I'm like, well, take the job. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's God's will. Well, what? if you know i'm witnessing to these people at my workplace and you know and so forth i'm like 
Um, I think God can still reach those people in your old workplace. Right. But I mean, and maybe that's not true for everybody's situation. But the idea is God wants you to advance. He wants you to grow. Um, but there's practical things mm. that you need to do. So you'll never write a book unless you get a word processor. Right. You'll never start have a business unless you start one. Right. That we kind of, there's that lottery thinking again. My ship is going to come in someday. I'll have a business. Or someday I'll have, you know, f- five books written that people are reading and uh but but the literal truth is you'll never give more if you don't stretch yourself to give already out of what you have you have to stretch yourself i never gave twenty dollars in offering we'll give 20 i never gave 50 well then give 50 that 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 kind of stretching and and so forth and so i feel like a lot of times i encourage christians to have it settled in their heart that god wants them to advance we see this in the bible from genesis on god was teaching the children of israel they had time he gave them land they had to take care of it they learned to farm Right, the milk right. didn't come out of a spigot in the wall. They right. had cows. They learned right. farming. Where did the honey come from? Was there, you know, a cave? No, no. The, they were. They had to learn to take care of bees for milk and honey in the promised land. And he advanced them. And they, the, he put something in their soul. Even I believe the Jews today prosper mm-hmm. because of something that came out of that first promise right. and the principles that were that were built into, uh, you know, into the, the children of Israel as they were uh, preparing and as they as they came into the promised land. I'd love to tell a story about advancing. You know, because honestly, like I, we go to India different times. There's right. We see many lovely men and women of God from India, pastors and leaders, and and they are just up against this all the time. This idea of uh, like fatalism, like you're you're at this place in life, and it's part of the Hindu worldview. Right. You're assigned this right. place in life, and you can't try to get out of it. It's be a sin to try and get out of right. this place. Like you're not supposed to advance because maybe you'll advance in the next life. Okay, so there's that. Fatalism thing. So sometimes I challenge Christians. I'm like, man, you have more of a Hindu worldview than you do a biblical right. Christian worldview. And and I love the I, I love to sell the story of uh, William Manyanya, who's uh, one of our uh, pastors and leaders, overseer in Kenya, in Africa. William was was a uh, kind of has a, an African who got a hold of some of these things. He's kind of more entrepreneurial. And uh, William one day uh, he's overseeing some pastors. So these are Dove right. pastors. This they is are. us for the Dove family. And he's overseeing these pastors. And in that area of the Katali region, it's very fertile and very rich with f- the soil, and it's great for growing corn. Exactly. He uses the term maize. And and so all of his like most of these pastors are bivocational, so they're growing corn. And William is says one day he's trying to get them to think differently he says to all of them like hey we all grow this corn and we all put it on the market at the same time and the price of corn is low because we all put our corn right. on the, in at the same time and so he goes let's build a barn and not sell all of our corn right away at the harvest and save it for six months later when the prices are right. higher so this is now so these pastors then they laughed at him. They just thought this was so funny. Everybody sells their corn right away. That's what we've done for the last 40 years. We sell our corn right away. And they laughed at him. And William is like, hey, he had to demonstrate. He built a barn and he put his corn in. And he actually showed them six months later that the corn, that he got so much more for his corn, wow. which he stored in the barn. And they, um, you know, and then they got it after a right, while. They right. started to see like, 
oh, they, they were locked into a kind of poverty thinking, but there was right. a better way. Their thinking needed to change. And another time, William, I was actually there at his house. He had built a new house. And it's interesting, just phenomenal. It's your thinking, like changing right. your thinking. And I saw that so much in William, and I believe he's still, you know, still today. But uh, William would, uh, he had built a new house, but in Africa, like the electricity doesn't come along every street. Right. Like it only comes, it's kind of like this kind of, random pot shotting of electricity. Right, I mean, right. in the cities, it's along every street, sure. but in the rural areas, it just goes wherever the next person can pay to have it come to. And so like, I was like, well, he, he was, I, I need electric for my house. And I said, well, how, and he explained to me what it's like there. And I'm like, well, how far is it? And he goes, it's seven miles in that direction. <laughs> I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? How are you, how is it going to get here? Because he says, I don't, doesn't look like you have the finances to do it. But he didn't say, hey, if you, could you give me money to do it? He said, no, no. He said, I have a plan. And it had to do with thinking long-term, right. like in, in, like we would do in building net worth. We're not thinking about sure. today. We're thinking about the long right. term, which is a more prosperous way. I think another one of the things that I learned. And uh, and so William said, I have a farm here, just five or six acres. And there's many other stories I could tell about William. And he said, um, I know the kind of trees that the electric company uses to for their electric rolls. And uh, so, and it's also, I believe it's a eucalyptus tree, and it's also very fast growing. He said, I am going to grow those trees, and in, in a few years, I'm going to barter with the electric company, and we're going to have electric at this house. And I, a few years later, I talked to him, and I said, William, how's it coming? Is the electric there yet? He goes, I grew the trees. I traded them with the electric company. It is across the street. It is right there. It's going to be hooked up in the next day or two. Beautiful. But what he demonstrated in Africa... You know, a place right. that many were destitute and still are today was a more prosperous thinking that there is a way. God wants me to advance. God wants me to have electric at my house so that yeah. I can pump water out and all my neighbors are coming to get water at our well. And uh, we're, that we're demonstrating the kingdom, but also proclaiming the kingdom to them. Brian, there's so much that you have inside you regarding, you know, a practical path to a prosperous life. It's all in the book, you know, and thinking like God thinks. And, I mean, this time has gone so fast. You know, our, our mutual friend who's now with the Lord, C. Peter Wagner, loved your book. And he said, this book not only presents theory, but also practical steps toward experiencing prosperity in your own life. And I, I love the book. I love the way, way you think. You've helped so many people already. And you've, through your books, through your teaching, on and on. But also through the school that you lead. And uh, so I want in a moment here in closing, I want you to talk a bit about the school that you lead. And because I, you, this is taught in the school. Mm-hmm. You teach yeah. this in the school, plus tons of other things. You have dozens of speakers from all over the world teaching this leadership school, uh, the Dev Global Leadership Ministry School. And I want you to explain that mm-hmm. in just a moment. But for anyone who's uh, listening today, again, five days, free ebook on Amazon, A Practical Path to a Prosperous Life, or if you prefer. So, Anyways, we're going to make, make sure that's clear. And then check the show notes. Get more about Brian, more about the school, more about his books, more about prosperity with the purpose, all those kind of things on the, on the show notes. In just a few moments we have, Brian, talk to us a bit about the school that you've led now for 25-plus years, trained thousands of students, all the people all the world can get this online. Explain that, please. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, our, the, the name of the school embodies a lot of it. It's a leadership and ministry school. So uh, our aim over these last years has been to train leaders and also 
believers to be ministers. So, right. and it's kind of, it's really right. built out of Ephesians right. chapter four, where it says apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists are some, so we are, some are leaders and really everybody's called to lead in some way. Right. Exactly. And that's been our focus in leadership training, but all are ministers. Right. So we're focusing on, like, that's the only two seats on this bus, right. leaders and ministers. There's no, like, uh, you know, trailer on the back that you right. can gee, hey, just along for the ride, you know, right. I wanna, you know. And wanna... ministers is every believer is a minister. <laughs> exactly, yeah. every believer is a minister. So that's leader's responsibility, but it's also the minister's. Right. So, so we've built that around that now. We have, uh, uh, you know, so like a hundred hours and we have a, a classroom here in Pennsylvania that people attend sure. and as well as live stream. So we live stream all over the East Coast of Pennsylvania in that same similar time zone. And then we also have the schools available online on demand. The whole school is available that anyone can access anywhere in the world. They can binge all night taking classes because it's all online and on demand Beautiful. as well. And uh, we've just, uh, well, literally hundreds and hundreds of leaders that have been trained. And, and we like, you know, I like to incorporate, you know, um, finances into that yes. because it's I know that they'll be hindered from doing all That's that right. God called exactly. them to do if they don't have that healthy view of money. Mm. It's a tool. It's true. It's just something like oxygen. We breathe oxygen. It's not we don't crave oxygen, but it's something that that right. we need to do what we're to live and to do the things that God has exactly. called us to do. So and, um, anyone listening right now you say I want to learn more. I'd like to be a more effective minister or leader. Uh, I mean, really, many of the of my guests who do episodes on this podcast teach in our school. Many Absolutely, of them do. Yeah, it's probably amazing. the large majority of them do because we're we we believe so much in leadership training. And so wherever you live in the world, in the sixty-seven plus countries that's right now reaching out and downloading these these podcast episodes, this school is for you. And you go mm-hmm. online and dcfi.org, and you can find find all this, Brian. Our time is up. This has been so good. It's been great. Thank you so much inside you. Any last minute thing you want to say about about having a prosperous soul or anything at all you want to say to our listeners before we close? Well, I would. The only thing I would encourage everyone to consider is to pray that prayer. Yes. Seriously, take that to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit teach me to prosper because that so was good. like the hinge yeah. that really started to unleash things well I, yeah. I understood El Shaddai the God of more than enough but then the Holy Spirit started to prompt me and even the words I'm saying like oh we'll never have right, this or right. we'll never have that I'm like the Holy Spirit was like no don't say that because you I might want you to have that right. and oh okay and, and so I would just encourage you to be in a time alone with the Lord to to pray that prayer. Holy Spirit, teach me so to good. prosper. Um, I think because God is a path forward out of poverty. Um, I, I think um, Gene Strait has a has a quote that's on the back cover in uh, the book, and he says like, "Poverty kills creativity and drive," mm. and it's like a it's like an immunization. It's like a vaccination, and just poverty just saps your energy. Always mm. never having enough. Always striving and. So I, I would just leave you with that, to honestly uh, pray that prayer, Holy Beautiful. Spirit, teach me to prosper, and then posture yourself in a place of learning. And uh, as a leader, I would encourage you to be appropriately bold about talking about finances. That, that's a healthy view. And so as a leader of a church or elders or church planters, be, a, be, be forthright in talking and teaching the people of God Good. about finances, how they can prosper, and, and then how churches and, and movements can prosper. 
Awesome. Brian Souter, thank you so much for being with me today. The author of A Practical Path to a Prosperous Life and the one who has led now for more than 25 years, the Dove Global Leadership Ministry School. And again, check the show notes out. A lot more about Brian, a lot more about these books, a lot more about you know free ebook, all those things on the show notes. And for everyone listening today, God has got an awesome plan for you to have a prosperous soul. Amen. And to pray day after day, Lord, teach me to prosper. Brian, this has been exceptional. Thank you so much. And look forward to seeing you back with us again very soon, uh, week after week, as we continue to interview leaders from around the world and find those small areas of change. That one prayer can change your life. It's something small, but can make a massive difference in your life. And that goes for, for all that we're learning together. God bless you and look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.